morning and welcome to School of Parenting with me, Rachel, and my guest today is Chloe Liebowitz. Good morning, Chloe. Good morning. It's lovely to have Chloe here. We are going to be talking this morning, chatting about blended families. Um, so just having a look at some statistics, having a look at um, what makes these work, what perhaps doesn't make these work, sadly. Um, we're going to be chatting to Chloe about her experiences, um, some advice, and also coming up a bit later in the show, um, obviously some local uh, news around the area, but also talking about the dreaded WhatsApp groups. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine how you navigated those as a blended family, <laughs> so that would have been another challenge for you. Um, so first of all, uh, I mentioned actually when G Gemma was asking what we've got coming up this morning, so a statistic that I came across um, in step family studies suggests that 60 to 70% of step families fail, which is really sad and I was really surprised about. Um, and it said that this was down to false expectations that might be in place unwillingness to work on very difficult problems and then not seeking outside help. So, Chloe, tell us a little bit about uh, your story and your blended family. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we're a family of seven um, and I have two children and my husband Gary has three and we've been together for 10 years, um, been married for five and a half years. So, um, yeah, it is a, a bit of a shocking statistic, but it's unsurprising, I think. Okay. Um, if you kind of know the reality yes, of yeah. bringing two families together, it's yeah. difficult. There's a lot of stuff to navigate um but yeah we i mean we met when our kids were pretty young so our, our two youngest ones were five at the time oh, okay two of them were eight and one of them was 10 and okay. they're now 22 18 year olds oh. a 15 year old and a 16 year old mm. so um yeah lots and lots of time has gone by um and we've uh, yeah it's it's full of ups and downs mm. i mean no different to a normal family having their ups and downs, I guess, but much more complex. Mm. There's a huge amount of relationships going on in a blended family. Um, you've got the sort of the main sort of romantic relationship. Mm. You've got all those relationships with your mm. own children, with each other's children, then the relationships between the children. Mm. So it's very, very complex. And you had, you had a bit of an extra challenge, didn't you? Because the children went to the same school, mm -hmm. didn't they? They've always been at the same school. I yeah. imagine. <laughs> was that a little bit tricky? <laughs> um, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, you said at the beginning, so when you said about that statistic and you said part of it is um, kind of unrealistic expectations. Mm. Mm. And actually, yeah, when we first met, all five children were at the same primary school. They mm. then all ended up at the same secondary school as well. Okay. Um, and which has actually been being at this, in some ways, it makes life much easier because there's an mm. awful lot of logistics to manage when you've got five kids in yes. the mix if they're then doing different things. So that's kind of helpful in a way. Um, but yeah, they. Um, the, the, the kids themselves, actually, I think overall they would say they've had a very good time and oh. they've got these extra um, siblings in their life. I think, I think they do think of each other as brother and sisters and um, they've gone through various stages of getting on better, getting on less well and they've come through it now to a point where they all get along pretty nicely and I think they, my son said something recently about, and he, he's 18, and he said, oh, 
I really look forward to when we're all older and we have our big reunions and oh, all get back together. That's so they've got a lot of shared history and mm. memories and, um, you know, with anything, when you have the bad times, when they're bad, it's, it's pretty tough. Mm. It's pretty hard. But when you come through it all, it's more the good stuff that you remember. Yes, um, yeah. And we've created a lot of nice memories, a lot of shared memories, and we have dealt with the difficult stuff. So I think that's something... It, it, it could be easy to um, just kind of brush it under the carpet or, mm. you know, not really address it properly. And it's hard, it's hard to address it. Um, but because one of the, something that I was reading that I thought was quite, again, it, it was, it's obviously sort of a bit on the sad side, but it was saying this, um, this concept that was called a grief trigger because it said for, for some children, the adult, so the adult who has come in to their, their life, their presence reminds the child that their biological families are not together. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, that is obviously a thing, isn't it, for... Yeah. Yeah. for children and I think um you know whether the whether the uh, whether people then get together with someone else and they have a blended family or not I think for children I think it's generally known that they will always hold that hope that their parents will get back together mm. and that this is a temporary thing perhaps so then when you actually um then those families really do connect and you move in together or get married or anything that's really kind of taking that hope away quite a lot Mm. um so yeah I think that can I think that can be the case so what sorts of things did did you actually do I mentioned those three so the false expectations Mm. so um then the unwillingness to work on difficult problems Mm -hmm. so you've mentioned kind of just sweeping it under the carpet rather I suppose than getting it out into the open and then not seeking outside help I mean did you sort of go through all of those Mm -hmm. three steps yeah definitely I think when when Gary and I met we were having such a great time together we were like this is gonna be great oh (laughs) big movie night exactly like oh it's gonna be so fun and like the kids will like get on so well and uh, and then I think you have a honeymoon period yes we definitely had a honeymoon period I think about the first six months the kids were like in love with each other oh okay um and I think like Gary's kids thought I was great my kids thought he was great and it was quite a crazy situation at the time because we both lived in very small properties at the time Mm. and which were fine for our own kids but then Mm. we kind of we got advice on how to integrate the two um, separate families of kids and Mm. we bought every book going we saw a counsellor who kind of knew about how to do this stuff to get some advice so we followed all the advice advice we took it very um, we tried to take it very slowly, but the first weekend that we introduced the kids, they were like, this is great, can we have a sleepover? <laughs> and they just wanted to like be together all the time. And our two, oh. we've got two boys and three girls, and the two boys, who are actually three years apart in age, were joined at the hip instantly. And for years and years and years, they were by each other's side, like mm. good, good friends. Um, so that sort of, you know, for about six months, it was a big honeymoon period. By the end of that, we were spending all so much time together in very close quarters, mm. which is we then we got our home together. So there was actually enough space for everyone. But once, you know, that whole thing of like, oh, we're going to do this all the time then. <laughs> when the novelty mm. wore off. Yeah, and the yeah. novelty wears off a bit. <laughs> and everyone's kind of more themselves. And um can get a bit irritating and then people start squabbling Mm. and there's you know there's challenges that you don't anticipate um they were young at the time you know just Mm. between the ages of five and ten and my husband was would be at work 
quite often and then I was suddenly <laughs> with five kids after mm. school every day um, and it's challenging and you're not always your best self and stuff happens um, so yeah I think unrealistic expectations it's real life it's, yes. it's not going to be like the Waltons or something um, so adjusting to that and behaving appropriately is, is something and then um, what's the second one that you said? Well, so unwillingness to work on the difficult right. problems. I mean, it yeah. sounds like you were quite, you acknowledge then that there, oh, when the yeah. problems sort of started mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. I mean, was it logistics or um, arguing or, I mean, and how do you then manage the whole discipline thing? Do, do, mm, do, you know, you hard. discipline your children yeah. and Gary disciplines his. How does that work? I think it's, it's, very, it's hard and you have to feel your way with it and work out what to do. And it is yeah. hard if you know like I just said with our situation there would definitely be quite a few hours after school where I would be looking after all the kids yeah and Gary wouldn't be there mm. and they're young so there is more of that kind of discipline thing so we kind of have to feel your way with that and have conversations about it and do you know what it, I'm saying all of this from a point of view of we totally didn't get it all right okay um we completely <laughs> did not get it all right and there's so many things that I did that I think oh my god you know I can be really I could be really self-critical looking back and there were things I did that were um not the best thing to do at all um and it's really easy to be quite childish actually you end up in situations where um maybe the kids are playing up because of certain things that are going on they're in a vulnerable position Mm. they've been through a lot of difficulties they can really play up you're not necessarily that used to them it's Mm. easy to kind of retreat and not deal with those problems right so that's what you're saying it's very it would be very easy just to keep walking away and just like oh this you know this is too much um but I think we did get quite good, generally speaking, at talking about the things that happened. But it's it, it's tense, so it's mm. um, finding the right ways to do it and having the right convers- the right people having the right conversations and yeah. trying to avoid people sort of going to other people to talk about the things that have happened rather than kind of do it yes. directly. But yes. then it's harder to to build those bonds and have those conversations that you might perhaps naturally have with your own children. Yeah, um, can be much harder. Um, and but, it's challenging anyway for for parents who aren't in that situation with their, yeah. their children. I mean, you do, you know, we all look back and say, I could have handled that in a different way. Or yes, yeah. I was I was acting like an eight year old in that situation exactly. as well. So <laughs> yeah. so I mean, don't beat yourself up about that. because yeah, I think yeah. we, all, we all kind of do that. But yeah, you've got the extra challenge of then. So children of, say, your husband now, they've then got their other families Mm -hmm. haven't they so we you know potentially the other partner and then you know I guess that in that's also a challenge isn't it yeah so yeah I think that kind of thing is always a challenge you've got all the kids have got two homes yes two different sets of rules Mm. two different ways of doing Mm. things and that can be challenging Mm. you know they might be at their other house and and be able to do things in a certain way and then and then come to their other house and you say well actually we're not doing that and they're like well why not you know I'm used to doing that um so that really is challenging. And again, those boundaries are hard enough when you're two parents with two children uh-huh. in, in your own home. house. You yeah. have to, you, like, that, that, that's not what we agreed. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, that's a different, you know, all that yeah. consistency and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. When so you there then can have... be that frustration sometimes. Um, and I know lots of people find this in whether they're, um, whether there's blended families going on or just divorced mm. families, mm. that transition time. So when the kids move from one home to the other home yeah it can take a while to kind of settle down again and Mm. be back in the groove of being in that place and then sometimes when you've like really got comfortable with it then they're on the move again Mm. 
Which is hard all round. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's hard for the kids always doing that movie. Yeah, it's not fun. And you um, seeking outside help. So you did get some help. Yeah. So we had help early on with like, how are we going to do this and bring the kids together and avoid doing anything silly? Yes. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty good to do. And there's a lot of books that are very helpful. Mm. But we've definitely had things later on where we've sought help if there's just been times where there have been particularly tricky relationship issues you know amongst us and the kids and when everyone's going through teenage years mm. there's a lot of hormones going on and difficulties so yeah we've not really been shy about getting help from counsellors or whoever when we've needed it to to kind of sort different issues out and it's a good thing to do yeah it's a very good thing to and, do. and I mean ultimately getting that outside help you're then getting experts in aren't you who've mm-hmm. obviously experienced mm-hmm. and and you know all that kind of thing yeah. oh well that's that's um that's great hearing all of that and 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 you're obviously doing that at the same time as you've you have your own business mm-hmm. um so we'll be chatting we will be chatting um a bit more to Chloe about that um we're going to have a song the climb with Miley Cyrus which seems very appropriate <laughs> See it, that dream I'm dreaming But there's a voice inside my head saying You'll never reach it Every step I'm taking Every move I make feels lost with no direction My faith is shaking But I, I gotta keep trying Gotta keep my head held high There's always gonna be another mountain I'm always gonna wanna make it move Always gonna be an uphill battle Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose It ain't about how fast I get there Ain't about what's waiting on the other side I'm facing the chances I'm taking sometimes I knock me down but no I'm not breaking I may not know it but these are the moments that I'm gonna remember most yeah just gotta keep going
that was Miley Cyrus with The Climb, which seemed very appropriate for the chat that we're having this morning, which is about blended families. I'm chatting to Chloe Leibovitz, um, who went from a family of two children to a family of five children. And we were chatting um, in the break about, you know, the challenges that that... Um, chatting beforehand, but also in the break about the challenges that that brings. And Chloe, you were saying, you know, you do still have those challenges or, until, you know, sort of until recently, you still have those ups and downs. Because mm. obviously the children are going through their own mm-hmm. changes and phases and teenagers yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So when that happens, you you will then have a counsellor that gets involved. Yeah, or... we have done in the past. Not not anymore. I think, we, I think we've got to a really good place. Um, and... Uh, you know the eldest one is off at uni we've got two more going to uni in September and then there's just gonna be two of them around most of the time which will be strange Um, but definitely when we've needed to we have I mean for the last couple of years we've been good um, and it and it all feels in quite a different place now and and that's quite an achievement you see you know I was saying to you that I think sometimes people can give up because Mm. it is really you know it can be so challenging and it can make you think like is this is it worth it you know everyone is going through all of this and it's so difficult but I mean know. I was really surprised with that statistic no, 60 yeah, to 70 percent fail yeah. that really shocked me yeah because it because it's huge challenges I mean yes. if you think how difficult it can be just in a in a normal marriage with your yeah. children where there's no oh, back absolutely and forth, there's no um sort of ex-partners involved yeah. um so that you know they and those complex feelings that the children have about their parents getting divorced someone else being in the picture that's all so difficult to navigate Mm. and I think a lot of people do just think it's not it's not worth it or you know oh it's it's too hard for everybody so we'll just give up so I think that statistic has always been very very high yes um but I mean I I would say now from from my perspective that it's very worth the the heartache and the tears mm. and the ups and downs um, because, you know, we are in a great place now. And now it feels kind of like an achievement and a lovely thing that we can look back and we've got all these lovely memories. And it's, it's not the rubbish stuff that we remember. Mm. You know, we know that it's happened, but we have so many great memories and lovely big family holidays and yeah. funny, silly stuff. I mean, I remember when we were first together and we would go out <clears throat> I don't know, we'd have like a day out in London and get the train tickets out and see all the kids through the barriers and people would be like, oh my God, like all these tons of kids. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of lovely memories together and it's it's nice to reminisce. And we had a lovely wedding with all the kids at the wedding doing stuff, um, which was really very special. It was a lot of tears. Um because it was but emotional, it, happy, it was very, happy tears. Yeah, yes. yeah, and they, uh, yeah, and the kids all did. They all did like they wrote things that they read oh. out about us all being together, and they acknowledged in their speeches that they said in the ceremony that it it was hard sometimes, mm. and they found it hard sometimes. But um, one of the girls definitely said, "You know, we don't sweep it under the carpet. We deal with yes, it." Yes, yeah, um, and I don't think they would. Ch- I don't think any of the, any of them would change it now. I yeah, think, I think that um, I think we all love each other and we all understand each other much better and um it's probably really good life skills for them as well because going through those processes seeing how you sort things out Mm -hmm. you know the communication Mm -hmm. when you need to you know whether it's reading books or outside help or Mm. or whatever are probably speaking to each other yeah 
Yeah, yeah really important skills. Yeah, definitely. And you're assuming, uh, assuming as well that... Uh, you know, hopefully for for children of blended families, they're then, you know, when they're not with you, they're obviously then with their other family mm-hmm. and having a lovely time as well, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. when they've got through, you know, the ups and downs. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of extra people in their lives. So, um, mm. you know, then our extended families, you know, there's a lot of them. Um, so I think they gain a lot from that as well. Do you ever all get together? I remember when I was younger, mm-hmm. and um, and then we'd have um, we'd have my father, and then my stepmom, and then we'd have my mum all together at Christmas. And some people think that was slightly weird or, or odd. Um, um, I mean, it wasn't always like that. There was the ups yeah. and downs. But do you have those? Those kinds of things happen sometimes, and. Um, I mean, our, we- our wedding was our wedding was really fun, and on our sort of top table, there was me and Gary. There was my mum and my stepdad. There was my dad and my stepmom. There was Gary's parents. So you know, we've already got that yes. element going on, yeah. and they were yeah. all there. And um, I mean, my mum and dad didn't speak to each other for a long, long time after they got divorced. But they were, you know, by the time that all came around, they yes. were, and that was really nice. And they kind of moved their chairs; so they could sit next to each other and chat and stuff. And you know, time does make a difference. And, yes. you know, definitely for us with, with ex-partners, I think it's not been an, an easy road, but it's definitely moved on. Mm. And you get to the point where you can get together and, and do things and it's much, much easier. Um, we have a lot of big gatherings. So my husband's from California, so we have a lot of big family gatherings out there okay. with all of the family, um, which is really nice. And a lot of, you know, a lot of big family memories along the way. Have you got some of those plans now? Can you, can you do, can you travel? Um, we're hoping yeah, to in the got... summer okay. to go and see everyone because it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, some of the, I think, I think my kids haven't seen Carrie's family now. I think it'll be two years in the summer. Okay. Because we did go out briefly um, before the first lockdown happened. So a couple of the kids saw the family. So, um, but yeah, hopefully in the summer. And actually oh, one of the lovely. girls, one of the girls is going out there for uni. So she oh. starts in September. So she'll be going out. Yeah. Oh, that's something lovely to look yeah. forward to, isn't it? Yeah. So don't give up basically. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. If you so can, keep... I mean, especially if you're tearing your hair out and dealing with it on your own, I think, I think there's a couple of things that make it worse. I think one is focusing on, I mean, I, I naturally turn to these kinds of thoughts I suppose with what I do for work and things but I know that when I was in that phase and it was very very bad when I spent a lot of time focusing on talking to friends about how bad things were Mm. it just feels worse you know you're really focusing on all the negatives and talking about it all the time just perpetuates those feelings so if possible find find a way to get those feelings out and be able to kind of download it but then mm. try and find a positive focus so you're not in that space all the time because it's really destructive it's not mm. good for you um and get help if you can yes. so um i've had various friends go through things you know after we have and i've definitely spent time speaking to them and trying to kind of help them be able to have that download but mm. get to a better space and I think finding a family counsellor or, you know, someone who's got experience with blended families is very, very beneficial. So try and explore all those avenues before you give up anyway, because if you've got a good, solid relationship, um, then if you can nurture that and be stronger together, that's really helpful as well. Great. Yeah. Great. And you mentioned your business. So yeah. how, tell us a bit about your business. Cause I, and how long has your business been running? Because you, you were saying mm-hmm. that when you and Gary were first together, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was basically yourself with the five children after school. Yeah. I mean, that would have been that was a bit of a crazy challenge. Time. That was a bit of a crazy time. So I'd already done my training as a life coach at that point, okay. which like 10 years, so about 12 years ago, I qualified as a life coach. 
So I was doing a bit of work then, but I also had a couple of day jobs, like office jobs. So I was juggling mm. a lot. I used to do one job for three hours, rush to Marlow, do another job for two hours, go and pick up the kids. Uh. And then sometimes in the evening, I would try and do like fit in some clients or something like that. So it's a little bit crazy and mm. too much probably. Um, then as the kids got older and as they've got into being teenage and that, you know, have been more occupied and need me less in a sort of, you know, being there all the time. Um, I eventually stopped doing the day jobs and mm. I was focused on the coaching. Okay. And then about two and a half years ago, I launched a business with my business partner, Anna, called mm. We Are Tobono. And we support women running small businesses. We offer coaching and mentoring and we have a members community where we support and nurture their growth, their progress. And we focus on their business. We focus on their well-being. Okay. And we do things like co-working sessions, mm. um, networking groups. And it's, it's a real place of warmth, I would say. Yes. And where we can support people. They support each other. They get to know each other. Um, and it, it, it's nice to have that when you're doing your own thing. It can be very, very hard. It can be lonely. You can wonder how to do things. Or, again, it's another area where you can feel like giving up. Yes, yeah. Um, but having sort of a solid tribe of, of people who have your back, who understand mm. what you're going through and who can help you with those challenges makes it much more achievable. And are these generally people, so they've, they've like left previous careers or maybe they're returning to work or they've just what, yeah. setting up a small business, it's something they've wanted to do? It's a huge range. We've definitely, we've got some business owners who have come out of corporate careers and they've thought, actually, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this for myself freelance. So they might be working in HR or team building and big corporates, that kind of thing. We've got... Um, uh, we have we have a lady who's a dog trainer and she's previously run huge events around the mm. world um, she's now doing the dog training we've got mobile hairdressers we have product-based um, websites who are selling gifts or accessories or jewelry that kind of thing um, and some people have been doing their own thing for years and years yes some people just make a jump some people have not done anything for a long time they've had a family and mm. focused on raising the family and then they want to do something different to what they did before so everyone has come from a different background everyone mm. has different skills and capabilities and there's things that everyone needs in terms of support so it's um finding out what it is that they need and being able to kind of um keep keep sort of flowing with what we offer mm. and being responsive to what they need and for a lot of people in that situation if they are a small business or just sole trader mm. um it's lovely having that supportive network isn't it because then you're with other like-minded people or just yeah. to bounce ideas around or yes. just purely just support from a emotional or mental health perspective definitely and when when the first lockdown happened last year we were mm. pretty new still in terms of our community that okay you know we started the business um actually based on some online courses and then we changed it over time because the people we were meeting they were saying what they wanted mm. so we set the community up not long before the first lockdown happened and then moved all of our stuff online and our and our community sort of um well like quadrupled in size over the next oh, sort wow. of six seven months and people have really got to know each other and the friendships are formed and just they they I think they really like the security and knowledge that that group is there whether it's in mm. the online group or through one of the events that we run and you know we're able to do a few things in person now and more so going forward but yeah I think it's a really nice security knowing there's other people out there who completely get it understand what you're going through mm. um 
and it's that safe space to be vulnerable and say actually this is how I'm feeling about yeah. it this is what I need help with rather than having to put on a brave face all the time and pretend that everything's okay yes yeah which, which isn't great to feel that like you have to do that yeah definitely and so those life coach skills that you've got did they help in your this you know with your family with your children do you think um, I don't know I think sometimes I think when you're in your own situation and you're so close to it it's very hard to help yourself mm. I think that's why you do need to get outside help because like I said to you it's really easy to be very childish and you know it can be so infuriating and so upsetting that it's it's extremely hard in those sorts of situations yeah. to to be a coach to yourself I don't I don't I don't think so no I think that's why you always need to get that outside help yes. to, to help yourself I think it I think it helps me now in lots of ways with um you know talking to my teenagers and mm. um being able to help them in ways I can but I think no in those intense situations where where emotions are running high and there's a lot of upset and difficult situations I think you need some different perspective and someone to kind of help you um emotionally there was a 10-year study that was I was also reading about by Dr. James Bray, and he says exactly what you've said um, this morning, um, Chloe. It, it, it's called, where well, he said, it, it, again, there were three stages. He said there's the, the romantic approach, so I'm guessing that's sort of like the honeymoon, false yeah. expectations. <laughs> the matriarchal, which it tends to be where you just have the woman who's taking charge, and often that can be... <laughs> <laughs> Chloe's nodding here, making a face. Okay, so that could have happened then. Um, it's a, so sometimes that could be that the, 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 a man comes to the relationship with no children, right. or perhaps possibly children, but you still take charge. Yeah. Um, and then that can be, because it's then obviously all, you know, down on the woman. You're nodding. I feel like you oh, need because, to add something yeah, to that. No, just because, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes that's unintentional. I think in mm. our situation, I was sort of... Um, well, I don't know if I was like not expecting it. You know, I knew I knew how full on Gary's job and, and career yeah. was, but we were in this honeymoon period where we're like, this is just going to be such great fun. Five kids, <laughs> they're going to have so much fun together. It's going to be brilliant, and we love each other so much. So how could it not be brilliant? Like, you know, this is great. And then the reality is, I'm. I remember actually in the in the early days, we didn't have a car big enough for seven of us, mm. so I couldn't pick all five kids up for the first. It was only like a month or so before we then got a car big enough and all that kind of stuff. But I remember this day um, where I had to get all five kids off the school bus. So they had to get the bus because I didn't have the car to go and get them from school. So they had to get them off the school bus. I went to the bus stop and as I got there, the heavens opened. It was the last day of term. They all got off the bus with like five bags. <laughs> They're like school bag, pee kit, carry bags oh. full of books. And the little ones were five. I mean, they oh. were small. And we had to then walk the 15 minutes back, which ended up being about half an hour because they're all knackered. One of them fell over oh. in a puddle and grazed their knees. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, how, what is going on here? And I'm trying to get these five kids back home. And I think I probably got home and it was very tense one of the kids it was my daughter she I like that she it was, was just very tense <laughs> very tense and stressful and I don't I I, I thought about all the good stuff and all the mm. fun times and and sometimes sometimes things were really challenging and I did end up doing quite a bit on my own and then by the time my husband would come home 
he would be like really excited to be, see the kid. So it was that classic thing of like, you're at home doing all that bit and then they come and yes. they're like, hi everyone. And, and the then kids run up to daddy. And you're feeling like exhausted <laughs> and wiped out. And, and start stressed. yelling. Yeah, so that's challenging, yeah. isn't it? That's, so I think that what he's saying, okay. I think often you do kind of assume that position. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and that can be hard. And uh, well, and in that, uh, ma- I can't say matriarchal stage is when then then if the um, husband then and woman then have another child together, there's this concept, first family experiences. Yeah, we were so really sensible there and didn't do you that. You didn't. <laughs> we Let's just add another done. one to five. And we did think about it. But then <laughs> did we were you like, really? Okay. We did. We did. Okay. I mean, I was only 32 when we got together, 33. Okay. So, I mean, I had my children quite young. I was 25 yes. when I had my son. Okay. He's 18 now. And... Um, had Lola when I was 28 so I was about 32 33 so we did talk about it and and really think about it and then we realized actually we're having quite a good time here we'd have all five kids one weekend and then the next weekend no kids and we did loads of traveling and Gary travels a lot with work so I would kind of tag on to a trip and actually this is really nice and do we really want six kids yeah so we couldn't imagine actually where we would have found the time to have a baby and and add Mm. to the family and that we would have been crazy i know lots of people do do it but and i get that might be the romantic the romantic idea yeah. oh let's have mm-hmm. a baby and knit it all together yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> join it together but then you don't get the alternate weekends off which no it's, it's really quite it's a quite nice feeling really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then dr james uh, bray he talks about then the stage which which you said this neo-traditional where it's um, issues are acknowledged they're spoken about and then you acquire the skills and you go and get that mm. outside help so oh well that's great well you sh- you know you shared lots of really um beneficial information there and you mentioned that you've you read loads of books loads of so books. just what go to just amazon, go to amazon. Or, or, or anywhere else oh, go to a good online other little store. uh or, little bookshop in yes. cookham yes <laughs> um other independent bookshops and so there's there's but plenty looking for either blended families or step families out there you can find all the info out there yes okay that's great right well we're going to have a song oh mother christine aguilera so another appropriate song and then coming up after the break we're going to be talking about the whatsapp groups how many whatsapp groups were you on with five children you say that and actually were you not no (laughs) and also i then things like that whatsapp groups i would deal with the stuff for my kids and gary and his ex-wife would deal with the stuff for their kids so there's definitely areas where you where things don't cross over in that way but because I wouldn't just kind of assume that responsibility for, for Gary's kids. So I only had to do the ones for my kids, okay, thankfully, because I think that would have been a bit crazy. Yeah, that's, that sounds very sensible. Okay, Christine Aguilera. And- oh, yeah. She was so young with such innocent eyes. She always dreamt of a fairy tale life and all the things that your money can't buy. And she thought that he was a wonderful guy. And suddenly things seemed to change. It was the moment she took on his name. All of the pain out the way Oh mother, 
always pull through. You always pull through. Oh my love, oh my love, oh my love. It was the day that he turned on the kids that she knew she just had to leave him. So many voices inside of her head saying over and over and over. Much more than this she was So sick of believing the lies And trying to hide Covering the cuts and bruises, bruises. So tired of defending the lies no. She could have died Fighting for the lives of the children Oh my God We're struggling oh. all of the tears All of the tears you have shed Oh my God Don't let go Cause he'll never hurt us again So my God We've been chatting about blended families. We've got Sam here with us, and he he just pointed out one of the things we haven't spoken about are grandparents. We, yeah. ha- we haven't. Yeah, they are part of the blended families, aren't they? Well, they are the extended family that you have. Thank, thank you very much. Sorry, <laughs> Sam. I haven't put his microphone on. We didn't really want to hear from Sam. Sitting quietly in the corner, as I usually do. Um, no, blended family. Yeah, grandparents. I mean, my, my dad, my mum died very young, and my dad would always come round for, for Christmas. And then one year, he said he wasn't going to come round for Christmas. He was going to go back to India. Well, can you not go after? You know, just come mm. for Christmas and go in January and nobody cares, right? No, no, I've got to go now, son. Oh, okay, fine. Well, I'll pick you up from the airport when you come back, Dad. No problem, okay? So I dropped him. Off he's gone comes back out he comes through the gate you know you're waiting yeah. there hi dad and then two feet behind him is this little woman oh. and I'm like, I'm like going, who are you and he goes this is my new wife <gasps> and my no. jaw hit the floor I'm like did you want to give me a hint tell me about it anything oh. at all and she was a super bright woman she was a, a, a children's paediatrician oh. super smart top mm. of the game but she was like this meek little thing that had turned Whoa. up behind him. And I'm like, okay, so how do I deal with this? And it was like, suddenly... Were they actually staying with you for the... No, the th- I dropped them straight home. They weren't coming back. <laughs> there was no bloody way. Not a chance. Okay, because you might mention it then, mightn't you? Well, it, you know, I, yes. I would have yeah. gone left out of Heathrow back to Cookham, right back to London. And that's where they stayed, right back in London. Uh, I was not a happy bunny. Oh. No. 
and I had to then introduce them to my grand, uh, their grandchildren, her grandchildren, which didn't go down well with me. Oh. Because it, it was like suddenly, you're not my mother. And I don't have any feelings for you. And I don't even know who you are, by the way. And, and you, so, were, you, you were obviously an adult when I, this is I, I happening. I think with children I'd be a yeah. great adult, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit... I just needed to clarify <laughs> I was, I was that. In my mid-30s, but, but yeah. you were upset about it and that, yeah, yeah I, Dad hadn't mentioned it. Well... That didn't worry me. I mean, that that point was, oh, whatever you want to do. But it was when I realised that this woman was going to be part of my children's life. Yeah. And that's when Mm. I got a little bit upset because she was then trying to do the... See, unfortunately, my mother died a year before my children were born, so she never saw my children. Oh, okay. So this woman Mm. was doing everything as a grandparent or a grandmother that Mm. my mother would have done or she Mm. was trying to. And so I pushed her to the edges of our relationship. Mm. And only once... Unfortunately, she died. Something about my dad. Unfortunately, <gasps> when she died... I hope he's not listening. He's, no, he's gone as well. <laughs> oh. That's right. No, okay. it's fine. <laughs> and, no, but, but when she died, uh, I moved him nearer us and we had a better relationship. Okay. But for, for, I guess, a period of eight years, I pushed my dad away as well. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't want to know. I didn't want her as part of our family. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really. I think that's really difficult. And you can be so well-intentioned as... A step parent, whatever age the children are, you can be so well into it. You want to do all of the right things, but I think you don't realise um, that sometimes you can actually overstep. Whether it's just something emotional that's going on for them, um, and you, you can you can offend so many different people very easily. And I know in my situation, there were things I did that um, my husband's ex-wife felt I was treading on her toes about. And in hindsight, mm. I can look at that and think, "Yep, definitely shouldn't have done that." But at the time, I just felt like I was doing the right thing for Gary, for mm. us as a family. And you don't always have the, you don't always have enough emotional intelligence to, to realise that or to, re- you're kind of trying to give so much mm. and love as much as you can and embrace everyone as much as you can, even when it's hard, that you can go too far and you can upset people. But, the, but I said there's no book, clearly there are books, <laughs> but there's, there, there's no book that you read. It's like when you have a baby, right? Mm. It pops out mm. and you go... What, yeah. God, what do mm-hmm. we do with this thing now? You yeah. know, and it's I guess the same thing for you. You've just got into a new relationship. It's not a new relationship that you would have thought of twenty years ago, mm. but there you are, mm. and you've got your stepchildren, and you're trying to do the best by everyone. Yeah, but you're treading a new map. You're making your own path, and and you don't know what's ahead of you. And sometimes, guess what? You make mistakes on that path. Yep. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Lots of challenges, lots of challenges. But I wonder if any are as challenging <laughs> as <laughs> class or school year or any other. Actually, WhatsApp groups. So, um, were you on your were you on your children's WhatsApp group, Sam? No, it's probably a good job from some of the <laughs> stories I've I've heard from you. So. Um, Uh, Various news reports on the impact that parents' WhatsApp groups um, have on teachers, have on school staff, um, have on other parents, ranges from politics, misinformation, false allegations about teaching staff. That's obviously very serious. Um, Obviously, they've been shown that if they if they are managed effectively, then you know, then they they obviously are very helpful. I mean, I know myself as a parent, the whole don't forget it's Mufti Day. Uh, forgotten the spellings can somebody post up a picture of the spellings Um, got these boots to get rid of Um, does anybody want these Um, so it has been very useful from that perspective but there are then obviously all the downsides as well there was one um, one article I read and uh, this did 
did make me laugh. I'm not going to say, you know, that it resonated at all. <laughs> but it was where WhatsApp group u- users were broken down into types. So you've got the all right, all right, hun brigade who share any old, I'm going to just insert rubbish in here, <laughs> for whom everything is amazing, babe. The informer... We all know one of those. ...who likes to be able to be the first to break all the school news to everyone, even though it's been emailed. Um, And then you've got the school can do no wrong crowd, who if anyone questions the logic of anything the school's doing, they're ready to pounce and accuse you of being unsupportive. Then you've got the on it all day... So um, they're just, they answer immediately, immediately the message sent. Then you've got the wind-up merchants. You might fall into this one, Sam. No, you no, comment no. just to poke at the all right hun lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the what's for lunch set That's every day. I wasn't on many WhatsApp groups. At 8.45, where you want to answer, read the mm menu. <laughs> um, then you've got the health scare mum, uh, does this rash look like scarlet fever? So it goes on and on oh and goodness. on. Um what are your thoughts on... Um, so you said Gary would... Be, how did that work then? I mean, he must have been quite... Those WhatsApp groups, you, you know, those well, messages pinging was, quite regularly. I don't was know it not so was big doing the then? No, I don't think it was because I'm thinking about this and thinking, actually, I remember there being one WhatsApp group after Leon had left Danesfield and already gone to Borlase before, I think it was my daughter Lola when she was still at, at Danesfield at primary school. And I remember there being a WhatsApp group then and they are very annoying. And most of the stuff you do not want to know. So I just used to mute them. You could just mute the groups. Don't, okay. you don't keep getting all the things. And then you can look if you want to, but you don't have to do anything with just it. Just have a quick scroll through. Yes. Um, but I don't remember them having WhatsApp groups before. I don't think when we got together and when all the kids... I don't think they were oh, doing WhatsApp groups Okay, you're probably point. quite fortunate then. <laughs> I think it was more the old style, um, like, Yahoo email groups email. or something like that. Okay. Um, so I don't remember intense, furious... WhatsApp groups. Men aren't wanted on those groups. We're not invited onto those groups, actually. In, in, in where I live, the mums would even look at you at the gate. What are you doing here? Oh. oh. There was a real gender okay. issue about okay. men being at the school gate. Was this a while ago? I mean, how many years are you talking? Cause Eight. Would, oh, We're not talking okay. Massive. Not I mean, that, they're yeah. not unfriendly. Not I mean, you know, I'm not the shyest person in the world. So, no. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry. Um, But, you know, but the point about it was, you know, they were ready for their Pilates class. They were talking about something else. They didn't want a man to come into that middle of the group. And I understand that. So often you would be to the side of a group and they would have a mum's net going on. And then they'd go for coffee or they'd go down the gym or go for the Pilates class or whatever they were going to do together, right? And you were never invited. So you were never part of that group. If you wanted to be, it wasn't natural. Mm. Um, And I understand that. I mean, I wouldn't want one of the mums to be part of the dad's group, right? Yeah. It just doesn't work. We used to get those mums who would turn up to the rugby. Oh, please, come on. You know, you could have gone to, you could have done the school run in your leggings and said, what time's Pilates? (laughs) I didn't mind though when I didn't mind my without going into too much detail. So I I don't mind if that my husband was on it because sometimes when you get so many messages, at least there's two of you looking out for it, so you're not Mm. missing it. However, that said. He, he did leave one. And then I did point out that fact that, that uh, Gemma has spoken about, where I was like, you realise it's going to say you've left. Did you <laughs> offer any explanation first? It's just oh going to come gosh. up your name. Yeah. 
Less the group. You should have. You, I don't know. You could have said something, made up something, but yeah. So mm. no, it's it, quite a lot. We, we had to form a dad's group. Okay. So we've named it the Cook and Dean Chamber of Chamber of Commerce. Oh. And we just called it that for fun. And it's basically it's nothing. It's more the beer than, and curry group. It is basically. <laughs> when, when are we meeting at the cricket club? Who's going up to the Jolly Farmer? What's uh, on at the White Oak tonight? Okay. But we have it under a technical name of the Cook and Dean Chamber of Commerce Club. And actually, because Facebook's where it used to be hosted, and then yeah. it suddenly get all the mums coming in and the wives telling you. Oh, that's an inappropriate joke. Okay, we're going. Uh, okay, so yes. So WhatsApp, WhatsApp is very, I think, vertical to groups. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, I was pretty happy once the kids had all finished at primary school and went to the next school and then you don't have that kind of involvement and you just get your emails about school trips exactly. or this thing that you need to know and you don't have to do the school gates and you don't have to do the chat groups and yep. deal with all the other parents all the time. In, in secondary, did yeah. you say? Okay. Much better. Oh, okay. Drop and go. Okay. Drop and go. Totally. Yeah. That's it. They yeah. don't want you around anyway. Nope. Did you ever do the one that I used to love doing though? I used to wind the window down and shout, love you! Because oh. <laughs> sometimes my daughter will get out of the car in the morning and I say, oh, my kiss and she's like no for some reason she'll be like no and I'm like okay and then I <laughs> wind the window and I go I love you she's like oh parents <laughs> yeah. oh, I love doing that one I remember doing the hug trying to do the hug on mm-hmm. on the first day of secondary school and, and like physically being pushed away oh, I realised so I just that I was really obviously yeah. Every, yeah. it's really embarrassing because then you yeah. turn up at the front of the class <laughs> hello again <laughs> <laughs> oh oh Right, let's let's just have a little chat about what's happening locally. We've got Marlow Spinfield School. You you would know these schools, um, Sam and Chloe. Uh, I went local to school. Did school. you? Yeah, oh. I, grew up, yeah, I grew up in Marlow. So. Oh, well, your old school. Um, so, a group <laughs> of children there. Um, they're produced and they're selling eco bags from unwanted. Sorry, the children are produced. Have produced. Have produced. Sorry. Yeah, they I have. You said the children produced. Produced. They have produced. <laughs> Nothing to surprise me. And they're selling eco bags, which are made from unwanted bed linen, and they're doing it to raise money for Marlow Refugee Action um, Group, so which is an international charity, MarlowRefugeeAction.org.uk. And Jane Sprebury, the head teacher, said that global citizenship is a really important life skill. So well done to the youngsters at Marlow Spinfield School. Um, in other news, we've got Heights Primary School in Caversham who have um, been waiting. They've been on a temporary facility at the school, has been a temporary facility since 2014. They were hoping to move into their new school in June. It's now been put back till September. So this is in Caversham because of, how, I don't, I'm not sure how you say this, but subsidence. Subsist- Subs- subsistence. Hmm. Okay. The building building falling down. I realise that, yeah, something to do with, yeah, the ground that they've built the school on, which is a little bit. So Karen Edwards, uh, the head, says that while it's really sad because the year sixes are the ones that had started at the school and were meant to be going into the new school, they're still going to make it really special for the year sixes who leave in the summer. And Shiplake College have got plans to go fully co-educational, co-ed, by 2027. Um, There's a few secondary schools who are going down that path there was the oratory i think is um is one so yeah those are some of the things that are happening um locally um next week coming up in the show finally we put it off actually uh, uh various reasons but we will be talking to the high sheriff 
of Berkshire. Really? Finally. Had you heard? No. Did, yeah. Where do we put the horse? Yeah, I know. I know. He, yeah, he he's, he won't actually be coming in, but coming oh. in, but yes, yeah. What, um, Dad's got a horse, though? Yeah, um, no, I didn't ask him that. Actually, he does have a farm, the he high shed. So, Willie Hartley Russell, um, I had a great <laughs> chat with, and the role is it, it's a his real critical role in terms of what he does for charity, how he supports the Thames Valley Police. Um, yeah, it's uh, very interesting and informative. So really looking forward um, to um, listening to that uh, next week. He does actually have a co- an outfit, a costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. He actually does. Do you think because it's a uniform or a costume? Uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I Mr. Ben that, walks into a change room. I knew there was a word, a costume. And today I'm going to be an astronaut. <laughs> Uniform is yeah. the correct word, yes, <laughs> yes. Because actually what he can do, and I'll mention it again next week, but he can actually go out to schools or to various events and he goes in his uniform, not his costume, in his <laughs> uniform. So we'll be chatting to him. And also uh, chatting next week, so on that theme of local charity work, to um, Pablo from Pangbourne College. We had probably about a month ago, um, we, I chatted to a member of the Pangbourne Sixth Form College who um, had run a couple of marathons, as you do in a week, to raise money. Pablo, he actually heads up the, um, they have a Sixth Form committee for uh, charity work and partnership. I'm sure a lot of other schools do as well. Um, so we'll be chatting to him as well. And, and actually, if there is any other schools want to get in contact, um, please email me at rachel at river.ray. So, um, thank you so much, Chloe. That was, that's been me. great chatting to you. Yeah, it was good fun. And um, really, really useful information there. And thank you, Sam, for sharing the story of <laughs> your, your story. I knew you would have an experience to, um, to share. So, it uh, seems very appropriate that we finish with We Are Family Sister Sledge. Very good.
just begun to get a share of this world's delight. I, I hope we have for the future and our goals in sight. We know we don't get depressed. Here's what we call our golden rule. Have faith in you and the things you do. Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley.